Welcome back, everybody, uh, to the FBC Kyle podcast. My name is Taylor Glenn, and I'm here with Sarah English. Hello. Uh, Hi. She's the youth director here at FBC Kyle, and today we're going to be talking about discipleship. Last week, um, Pastor Jeff was on, and we kind of were talking about just the process of discipleship and what that looks like, and I thought it'd be great to get more and a different opinion uh, from Sarah. So we have a couple of questions here, and this first one is, what do you think making disciples looks like and what does it take? Wowza. Um, just going right in there. Um, what do you think the making disciples looks like? I think um, the best example that we have of what it looks like to make a disciple is Jesus, mm. the life of Jesus and how he lived with the 12 how he lived with his core group of three and then with the one. Um, He lived intentionally and he um, followed God, his father, and these guys and these women followed him too. And so I think that um, that that's what that looks like. It means to uh, follow God. And then as you're following God, people are following you. In 1 Corinthians 11.1, it actually says uh, Paul is talking to um, the church in Corinth, and he is telling them how to serve people and how to love people. Mm. And he and after he explains that, he then says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Mm. And so I think that that's what discipleship looks like, is that as we imitate Christ, there are people imitating us, imitating Christ. Yeah. And, um, and as far as what it takes, what it takes to to be a disciple and what it takes to make a disciple is, uh, to lay our life down. Mm. Um, just like it says in Matthew 16, 24 and 25, um, what it says, it says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. And so, um, just that idea of what it takes, it takes everything. It takes everything to be a follower of Jesus and to be a disciple of Jesus but then it also takes sacrifice and um, to to walk with people as they follow Jesus yeah. and to lead people to him. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree totally. And like a level of like obedience, I feel like, you know, just like a willingness when God is, is so clearly telling you to like do this or talk to this person or meet with this person For and just sure. no matter what the the hesitation would be just to be obedient and follow him. And I was talking to your, uh, to pastor Jeff <laughs> earlier today about a girl that I've been meeting with for like, Oh my gosh, since the pretty much the beginning of the pandemic. So it's been several months and how that relationship, that discipleship relationship was such a effortless mm, thing. Yeah. It's like the Lord just kind of set it up. And I was meeting with, with other girls too and over time, those other relationships just kind of naturally yeah. didn't happen. And so it wasn't even anything that I did. It was literally God just kind of like setting up these appointments. And then yeah. some of them didn't work out. But I've so still true. been meeting with this one girl. And there, so there's a lot of growth. And so just an obedience. Yeah. I think that's so good. And I think like ta- going back to the sermon from Luke 10 on mm-hmm. Sunday, and just kind of like one of the first things in discipleship is that prayer and how God provides the people when mm. we pray and we're asking him for wisdom, like he, he shows up and he yeah. brings the people who are willing and desire it. True. And so, um, 
just us praying to like see those people and be okay with that, you know? Because I think sometimes we can feel like a failure when some relationships, discipleship relationships don't work out Mm. or Mm -hmm. don't last as long as we wanted them to. Yeah. But just to realize like God's in control and he knows what he's doing. For sure. It's just us being available for it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard. Like I often struggle with that, like of whether it's just like personality differences with certain people or other things, but I know that's just me and my own flesh just really kind of being hesitant to obey, to obey. But yeah, for sure. That's really good. Um, all right. So this next question is what are some challenges that you find when it comes to making disciples and what about it is something that you enjoy? Yes. I think some of the challenges are just, uh, my flesh getting in the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> like being too tired <laughs> to, yeah. cause it's, you know, there's a lot of energy in putting, being put into, um, people you're discipling and yeah. especially in times like today when things are so uncertain and schedules are changing and jobs are changing and schools are changing and everything is changing. Um, it can be difficult to just find the discipline to be consistent And um, so I think just my flesh and Mm. just my flesh and what I desire over what I know God desires for me, um, that's one of the biggest difficulties um, as as well as I think what we kind of mentioned before is finding out where to invest my time. Yeah. Um, A lady who has been doing ministry for many, many years um, and we meet um, frequently she talks to me about that a lot, about being um, able to discern how to spend your time and who to spend your time with. Yeah. And so and I think that goes back to just that Luke 10, to be praying for the workers. Like, yeah. like the harvest is plentiful. Yeah. So pray for God to send the workers and he will do it. And so for me, it's hard for me and it's difficult for me not to try and create circumstances or to manipulate things, Yeah. Um, but to just wait on the Lord and be like, I know God is going to send who desires him and who wants to learn and who wants to grow. And so that's where I need to focus my time and attention in discipleship relationships. And that's hard. And then what was the what was the second question? What are like some things that you enjoy or that you find uh, are enjoyable when it comes to making? Oh yeah, I just love the relationships. You know, it's so fun. Okay, wait. Okay, I'm about to get real happy right now. Do it. But I also love seeing God work in their life, like girls that I've met with or am currently meeting with, to see their growth. Because really, I'm a bystander in discipleship relationships. Yeah. I am just there to be an encourager and to be someone who who guides and who walks walks towards Jesus with someone else. That's my job. So as I'm walking with someone towards Jesus, I get to see how God is moving in their life. Yeah. And it is the coolest thing. It is so exciting. Yeah. And it's that makes everything worth it to see when they understand something, you know, when the Holy Spirit reveals a truth in scripture to them, when um, when they are serving others, when they're learning what it looks like to serve others, to be selfless, when when God is revealing sin in their life, when, yeah. when they're confessing sin, like it is the coolest thing. It is the most rewarding thing. And I know that it's not me. Right. I right. know that I just get to be a bystander of the cool thing that God's doing in their life. Yeah. And that is why discipleship is one of the reasons discipleship is such a 
blessing. Yeah, it's just getting to see the growth in so many people. I totally agree. Like, and it I didn't expect this kind of joy to come out of some of the relationships that I have with so other true. people. Um, but yeah, just seeing other people like be in the presence of the Lord and growing yeah. and they're telling you what the Lord's doing in their life and you're just like, yes, yeah. yes, you know? And so, and even by, so do you think there's a certain part of that that's growth for us in seeing that happen? Oh man, yes. Because I think that, especially we're both in ministry right. vocationally. So I think that so often in ministry jobs, we're dealing with people who don't have the desire necessarily. Yeah. So we're, we're dealing with leading people who are there and who are attending, but we're not necessarily seeing um, a lot of fruit, right? Especially in this time, we're doing a lot of online things. We're doing a lot of virtual things. Yeah. So we're putting out and we're serving and we're doing this ministry, but it's hard to see uh, the fruit of it sometimes. Yeah. And so I think that it's so encouraging to see when you are walking with someone, you can see firsthand experience what they are learning and you see the fruit yeah. of your ministry. And so I think it's encouraging for us, but I also think it's challenging. Yeah. You know, because you you see that and you're like, wow, am I that excited? Yeah. You know, like, am I exemplifying the things that I want to see in this person that I'm leading? Or am I exemplifying Christ so that they can see that? in me mm-hmm. because I think it's yeah it's very um eye-opening <laughs> whenever yeah. you're talking with someone and you're uh, living life with someone and your sin comes up and you're challenged and then they might see that and they hear you talk about that and you have to confess that to yeah. them yeah and it's challenging because we have to be willing to be transparent yeah and we have to be willing to have those tough conversations because if i'm asking someone to confess sin to me and talk to me about their difficulties then if if you know then i have to be willing to um, express another a certain level of um transparency as well so true so it's like am i do i look like jesus it's that challenge of of wow am i someone that that someone should be following yeah Ooh, very convicting that's good though um okay so this next question is how do you think today's ooh social media culture has affected well has affected discipleship but i feel like it's affected a lot of things but yes that is a very uh very good question um i think a few things that come to mind is when we're on social media, we can be discipled by a lot of different people and a lot of different things. Yeah. So I think the question that we have to ask is who are we following and what are we following? Um, and even just like followers on Instagram, you know, like we're following people. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that can be when we know that we are supposed to follow Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he says, to, he says in Matthew 16, again, um, what it takes to follow him and that he's the one that we should be following. Yeah. And so I think it just goes into the fact of like, who are we letting speak into us? Yeah. And on social media, there are so many voices trying to speak into us and trying to uh, guide us yeah. um, and tell us what's important and show us what is um, valued and what's not, yeah. what's acceptable and what's not. When really the only person who can do that is Christ. And so I think it's hard to, um, 
to realize that yeah and realize that something that's so fun and can be so good yeah can also be um something that we have to be cautious of because um are we listening to these voices of the world more than we're listening to the voice of christ yeah so i think that that makes it difficult um and also just uh the mentality in our culture today that we can um like to kind of for lack of a better way to say this to have our cake and eat it too right so this idea that social media tells us that we should have it all and that we can have it all and that that's what success is that's what happiness Mm is um but realizing that that's not what jesus says yeah so we have to give up our life right we're not trying to accumulate all these things to add into our life but we have to, are we willing to give up the things that the world values mm. and take on Christ? Yeah. Um, I think and that that's hard. With social media, it is such a, like there's an opportunity to be bold and like outgoing. It's a, it, it can be a good thing. Yeah. Like having Instagram or Facebook or whatever, For all sure. the social media platforms are these days. But like it's an opportunity to disciple and kind of share the gospel and just interact with people in a completely different way. Yeah. But at the same time, it can be so destructive for sure, <laughs> you know? So it's like finding that balance and even in us, cause we're, you know, we're younger, we're in our twenties and like, you know, we're not as hip as these other kids, but like <laughs> as these yeah. youth, but we are also kind of like, I remember having social media when I was in middle school yeah. and like having Instagram, all these For things. Sure. And so that trap of just like wanting all of these things mm-hmm. and wanting to be like this person, that person, it's like using social media as a guide is not a right. good thing. Like we have a guide, we right. have the Holy spirit, we have the word of God, you know? And so seeking that in these other things, that's when it can kind of become a very destructive thing. Yep. But also the ability to be able to be bold in a different way right. is also like a really cool thing. For so, sure. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that, um, kind of what, what you, what you said about how we view it and are we using social media as our guide when we should be using the Bible as our guide? Yeah. I think that's a key point because I think that something that's very important in students' lives and with young people is is this idea of developing a biblical worldview. Right. Where the Bible is how we view the world, right? We don't view the Bible through the lens of the world, but we view the world through the lens of the Bible. Right. And so I think that teaching young people and older people too, sure. but teaching the church um, how to view social media you know, mm. for example, through the eyes of the Bible, yeah. um, through the lens of scripture. And that helps us discern what is true. Right. Right. That, yeah. that verse it talks about. Um, and so I think that it's important that we view it through a scriptural v- viewpoint and right. then we can use it for good. Yeah. And so I think it's just all about perspective. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So why do you think people are hesitant to make disciples? Like the the mindset of that's kind of what missionaries are for or, you know, there's like a hesitance. What do you think that is? I think the hesitancy is that we don't know what it is to be a disciple. And so um, we don't know what it takes to mm-hmm. be a disciple or we haven't been discipled ourselves. 
And, um, and just like, again, going back to Matthew 16, mm-hmm. 24 and 25, when he talks about, um, what it takes to follow him. I think so much of the church, um, isn't doing that maybe yeah. Yeah. hasn't learned what it is to, to die to ourself, um, to take up our own cross and to follow him mm-hmm. and to lose our life so that we can find life in Christ. Right. So I think that a lot of the church is living blind in a sense. Yeah. And so this idea of discipleship is very daunting because we ourselves might not know what it means to be a disciple. Right. And so I think that this idea of that's the job of a missionary comes from the idea that um, they are specifically trained in what it means to be yeah. a disciple or to share the gospel when in um, in Matthew 28, the great commission, yeah, we're told it's, it's to everybody, right? It's to all people. It doesn't say, it says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. And that's Matthew 28, um, 18 through mm. 20. Mm-hmm. And so that is not to ministers, you know, that command is not just to youth pastors and worship leaders or missionaries, but it's to everybody, every Christian. Yeah. But I think that's daunting because we feel like we don't have what it takes to do it. Yeah. But that's a lie from Satan Mm -hmm. (laughs) because the one thing that we need to do it is the Holy Spirit. And we've been given that. And so I, that is the key is that, It says the reason we can do this is that we know that he's with us always through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is Christ living inside of us. Yeah. So we ourselves cannot do it. And that's the point. The point is that we cannot make disciples. We cannot help people follow Jesus on our own, but we have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And through that power, it's how we love people. It's how we serve people. It's how we build relationships. It's how we share the gospel. And it's how we make disciples. And so it's the point that we cannot do it. Yeah. And we have to admit that first. And I, it's easy to look at somebody in, you know, Africa or wherever, like who's doing all this mission work, but it's like in, I know sometimes in my case, I'm like the only thing that is separating me from being that is, um, because you can be that anywhere. And the only thing that is separating me from being that is my own lack of obedience, mm. you know. Oh, for they sure. have the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. Yes. They're just following the Holy Spirit's call in their life. Yes. Am I doing that? So and true. So that's the only difference is like they're being obedient. And in my case, I'm sometimes not. And so, yeah, for sure. Wow, so good. But that's so true. Like we all have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like we all have what we need to go mm-hmm. home, you know. But all right. <clears throat> what does making disciples look like for shy people or people who are not very outgoing? This kind of, it, the question when I was typing it out was kind of like more geared toward like shy kids and youth. That's kind right. of what was on my, but really anybody who's shy, but I don't know, people who are just not very outspoken. And uh, what do you, what, what does that look like for them that are kind of like intimidated by conversation or? So I think if, if you are engaging with someone who is shy, Right. So as a disciple or as someone who wants to build a relationship and be there and walk alongside someone, um, and this person has a different personality than you, I think that um, it is important to find out what you have in common, Mm. 
to um, find that out. And the biggest thing that we all have in common is Jesus. Right. Right. And so if you just have Jesus in common, that's good enough. Um, And there might be someone who's better equipped to handle that situation too. And that's great too. Yeah. But, um, and then if you are someone who feels called to discipleship and to build relationships with people and walk alongside people um, as, as you follow Christ. Right and you're shy and you feel like you don't have the personality type to do that. I think that, um, again, going back to the, the verse, the calling, um, isn't just for extroverts. Right. In Matthew 28, it doesn't say extroverts or outgoing people, but it's a mission for all of us. Yeah. And knowing that it's a mission for all of us, God wouldn't have called us all to it unless he would equip us for it. Mm. So, even if we feel we don't have the personality type to do it, you might be able to connect with people that I might not be able to connect to as yeah. well with because of my personality type. And so God uses it all. Right. But what we can't allow is for our flesh to take those excuses and turn them into disobedience. Mm. Because we can see it. I can see my um, the things that I think disqualify me. Yeah, I can see that and I can acknowledge that that's Satan. Right. I'm qualified because of Jesus, mm-hmm. because of who I am in Christ. He's called me to this and he's equipped me for it. Yeah. So I'm going to do it and be obedient. Or we can take it and say, I feel like I'm disqualified because of blank. Yeah. So therefore I can't do it and I won't do it. So I'll be disobedient and leave that job to someone else who I feel is more equipped. Yeah. So we've taken control of that whole situation and not allowed the Holy Spirit to be involved in it. Yeah. And that's disobedience. Yeah. So we have to take our feelings of failure or um, inadequacy and recognize that it is not us who are adequate, yeah. but it's the Holy Spirit in us. And so we can't do him a disservice by being disobedient because of what we see in ourselves, because we are qualified yeah. because of him. Yeah. And um, we can't, we can't use that as a cop out. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's one thing I've been kind of thinking about too, is like, where in my life am I seeing just like straight up disobedience, but really in the form of like laziness, you wow. know, yeah. I'm just kind of, I'm like, I don't really want to put in the effort or I'm tired or I want to go do this thing. And it's like, ah, but like, don't use that as an excuse to not do what God's calling you to do. Yeah. And in my case, it's often laziness. And I know in a lot of other people, it's just a, a fear of feeling inadequate or like they're not, but you're, it's totally true. Like we have the Holy Spirit. God equips us. It's, yeah. it's not even us doing the work. It's the Holy Spirit in us. Yeah. And so what was the last question you asked? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. About just shy people. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. But you, you hit it pretty, pretty on the head there. Uh, okay. So two more questions. Do you think laziness? Oh, why did I type this one? Do you think <laughs> laziness, slothfulness, laziness and slothfulness plays a part in people not sharing the gospel and making disciples? We were kind of just talking about it, but. Yeah, I think what you said just a second ago was so spot on is that we can use that, like our laziness and our slothfulness, which is sin, Yeah. right? We, we can use that sin um, and, and that can cause us to be disobedient yeah. because we just don't want to or we don't want to find the time or we yeah. think we don't have the time. Um, but in reality, it might look different for every person. 
whether you're a mom with little kids it might mean inviting someone to go to the grocery store with you right right inviting a youth or a young woman to go to the grocery store with you and just chat about life while you're shopping Mm -hmm. or you know go to coffee with you um for a lunch break if you're a working mom or just a phone call when you're on your way home from work or you know whatever it looks like we can make the space in our life to be obedient to God. Yeah. And if I am using, if I am saying that I I don't want to, or I don't have the time or I don't have the energy, which I do say, <laughs> yeah, I have to check that and say, okay, God knows my situation, yeah, right? He knows what he's called me to. And so he can show me how I can make this work. And he can show me what I need to prioritize right now. Yeah, And it might be different in every season. Mm-hmm. And that's okay as long as I'm being obedient to what he's called me to do. Yeah. And I think what you were saying about like the phone call and coffee, like that's all so important because like that is all a part of discipleship as well. It's easy to like view discipleship as this this intimidating thing where you have to meet for 45 minutes right. every week here, which a lot of people do and that's fine. But really it also looks like just inviting someone over for dinner for sure. And like, cause the Holy Spirit's in all of that as well. Yeah. And so obviously the Holy Spirit needs to be a part of discipleship, mm-hmm. but yeah, it doesn't have to look so black and white. For sure. And I know for me growing up in church, I always just, well, discipleship really unfortunately was never talked about. I feel like yeah. in a way that, uh, as much as it should have been because right. it's literally our calling. Um, so you think it'd be talked about more, but, um, yeah, I, I remember when I first started learning about discipleship, like a couple of years ago, um, I felt so intimidated by it. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to like, like study a book with another person. It was very intimidating to me and it seemed so like, uh, it became a very works-based yeah. mentality. Um, but it's not that it's just living life alongside yeah. other people as Jesus did with his disciples. Exactly. You know, they just lived life. They ate together. They ministered together. That was just kind of like what they did. It mm-hmm. didn't look, I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. I think that it's such a good point because it ha- it starts with where we are, right? It starts with us looking around us and seeing who's around us yeah, and asking the Lord to show us who I can spend time with. Yeah. And I think you made a good point about Jesus because it's not like he set these meetings every week, but he, yeah. these guys lived with him and walked with him and they traveled together and they lived life together. And through those experiences, these conversations that we see in scripture came up where he's teaching right. and he's guiding and, and it was a part of their life. And... So I think that is the question is how can I bring someone into my life? Right. Which is also daunting because mm-hmm. they can see a lot, you know, <laughs> like I don't want to bring just anybody into my life. Yeah. Because that is daunting and scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I think um, and from the sermon this past Sunday from Luke 10, when Jesus is giving these instructions and he's sending out the disciples, one thing really stuck with me and it was, um, Verse 7, chapter Luke 10, verse 7, it says, Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place. That stood out to me. Just yeah. that. Stay in one place. And it says, eating and drinking what they provide. And um, and so he, the pastor was talking about on Sunday how that wasn't typical, how you wouldn't want to be like a burden on someone and stay in one place for so long right. that you'd want to move from house to house and accept hospitality from everybody, Right, which makes sense. But just this idea of staying in one place, um, 
I think that's a good point for our life to yeah. to stay and to see where we are so that we can build relationships because it doesn't happen overnight. Right. But stay in one place spiritually and emotionally, yeah. right, in a relationship, in your serving place, wherever you're serving in church. Stay, you know, get comfortable there. Yeah. And take the time. Be willing to commit to the time that it takes to build relationships. Yeah. Because it takes time. And I, I like would add to that of just making the best of the time because you're most likely not going to be in one place forever. For you're sure. You're going to eventually yeah. go to another season. And yeah, so definitely. I don't want to look back on this season of life and realize I wasted so yeah. much of like so many relationships and so much time, mm-hmm. you know, being lazy or selfish or whatever it is. And it's, it's like making the best of that situation and pouring into as many people as you can. Yeah. But man, discipleship, <laughs> it's, what a thing, like what a, what an easy concept, you know, mm. but what a hard thing to like apply and yeah. like live daily. But definitely. Well, thank you for being here. You did pretty good. It's been about yeah. half an hour. So, um, did you have any, oh, I had one more question. Okay. Didn't write it down. You're a youth director. Yes, I am. Do you see, <laughs> um, how does, dis- I know discipleship is. It doesn't change like what it is, but Mm -hmm. I feel like it looks so different for different generations and cultures. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you see a lot of younger kids in high school, middle Mm -hmm. school. Do you see them discipling each other? What what does that look like for them? You know? Mm -hmm. Yes. I think youth ministry is such a fun animal to (laughs) tackle. (laughs) Um, But one of the things about youth ministry and discipleship is that students are there because they want to be there typically so they are showing up some just because their parents want them to but also some, most because they want to be there they want to be around their friends they want to hang out right. and so they are discipling each other whether they know it or not mm. and i think that's one of the things that i try and instill in, in my older students is that you are discipling these younger students yeah and they're watching you and they're observing your relationships and they're observing how you worship and they're observing what you do and how you do it yeah and so whether we like it or not someone's watching yeah and is going to follow that most likely and so um it's been interesting in the past few years to see god work in this idea of discipleship as i have you know, been discipling some of the older students and spending, you know, time with them, those who really desire a a deeper thing, a deeper walk. And then to see them begin to pour into younger people and have the desire to do that. Yeah. It's really neat. And it's a, it's a special time because being in middle school and high school is a very moldable time. Yeah. And we're like, when you're, when we're that age, we're hungry for relationships. Yeah. And that's how discipleship starts is with relationships so true and so i think that it's it's such a, a key thing in youth ministry is to to use that and to love love them to love these students to spend time with them yeah. and to let god work in that because um it, whether it looks like you're meeting with someone once a week one-on-one yeah or you're just going to their football games <laughs> and you're going to their basketball games and you're texting them and checking in yeah and you're you make yourself available Mm. i think that's the biggest thing is to make yourself available um and to allow them to know that you're a safe place to come 
Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting that you talk about that because I feel like the mentality is the youth look up to the college, the college look up to the married people, the married people, look, you know, it's right. like, it's like, no, the youth look up to the youth. Like there's yeah, some youth that sure. are looking up to the youth yeah. and it's hard to think if I could think back like years ago when I was in youth group, I would never have thought like the younger youth are looking at me, right? you know, but it's so true. Yeah. And like, and that goes for every season of life, you know, as a mm-hmm. married, a, a newlywed, there are so many married couples that we look up to or that we're kind of like, you know, are looking at and there's people mm-hmm. that are looking at us. And it's, so it's just like, so true. Like someone's always watching you, yeah. whether or not you know it or want mm-hmm. it, it's like, it's happening. Yeah. It's so true. Another verse I wanted to share yeah. actually is because I think that one, um, as we talk about this, it sounds like a lot you know, and it sounds kind of obscure a little bit. Um, But I just think for for me, one way, you know, that I am able to to serve and continue to serve, even though it gets tiring and exhausting, um, is just to be with Jesus, Mm. obviously, you know. And I think that that's, it can be exhausting to not only be carrying your own burdens, but then also to be involved in so in, in other people's lives, right? Which is what we're called to do as brothers and sisters in Christ, yeah. to carry one another's burdens. And the only way that we can do that is to place those burdens then on Jesus. So we cannot carry the weight of the world, but that's why it's so important. Like Jesus in Matthew 14, 23, and so many places in the New Testament, Jesus, even Jesus, God, he went away, mm. right? He went away to be by himself so that he could pray. And so him showing us that example, we can't do it. Yeah. We cannot do this yeah. without spending time with Jesus yeah. alone so that we can cast all the burdens that we have, all the burdens that we're taking on for other people. Yeah. We have to cast them to the feet of Jesus. Yeah. And that's the only way that we can sustain that. Yeah because other than that it just gets exhausting and overwhelming and we will quit yes like trying to do things in your own strength is so exhausting and like anybody in ministry or anybody who's just trying to do anything related to ministry knows that it's like if you're not (laughs) if your source is not coming from the holy spirit and like god and you're not running to him yeah you do burnout is real and so So real and if jesus god mm-hmm. needed to go be with the father and even though he was god and perfect then we definitely yeah we definitely need to do that I such think. a good example for us yeah for sure well that's a good encouraging note to end on i think so thank yeah. you for being here thanks for having me uh thank you all for listening and we will see you guys or not see you but mm, talk yeah. to you soon yeah we hope you'll <laughs> join us next week <laughs>